Welcome to the Monday Morning Message, a podcast of Grace Community Church of Delaware. My name is Jared Cooper. I'm one of the elders here at Grace Church. And on the Monday Morning Message, we seek to dive into some of the biblical implications and life issues that come out of our study of God's Word. And this morning, I'm here, as always, with my favorite golfer, Pastor Paul Shirley. That's right. You're the only golfer you know, literally. Yes, you are the only golfer. Well, I know other golfers, but you're probably the best. Whatever. Let's not let's not dive into that. We're here this morning, and we've been talking about and discussing the church. Uh, last time we were together on uh, discipleship and, and discussing some of those things. And uh, this morning, I want to talk a little bit about leadership. Yeah. Uh, you had talked about uh, what leadership is, leadership is influence. Uh, specifically, though, this morning I want to talk about the leadership in the church, what that looks like, uh, how that functions. So uh, maybe uh, as we begin, what should leadership in the church uh, look like? The simplest way to summarize it is that leadership in the church should be Christ-like. You know, Christ defined what leadership looks like with his earthly ministry. Uh, I mean, even when he told his disciples, and I'm paraphrasing, that leadership in the church is not going to look like leadership in the world. You're not going to lord it over people, but instead, uh, Christian leadership is servant leadership, which means not that you're following other people's preferences or opinions. It means that you're using your influence not for your own personal gain, but you're using your influence for the good of those under your leadership. That's what servant leadership looks like, and this is what Christ modeled for us when he came and he died on the cross. In Mark 10, 45, Jesus said, The Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So so even in the gospel, we see a picture of what genuine Christ-like leadership looks like, and the key characteristic of Christ-like leadership is always going to be humility. Uh, the humility of of deferring to the needs of others rather than your own preferences or opinions. And by the way, if you're trying to lead other people based on your preferences and opinions, uh, for starters, you're lording it over those people. If you're imposing your preferences on their conscience in terms of leadership in the church. But additionally, if you're leading with your own strong personal opinions and views about politics and culture and different things like that, then what's going to happen is you're only going to have the opportunity to lead those people who already agree with you. If that's the centerpiece of your ministry, if that's what people are hearing from you the most, then you're never going to have the opportunity to influence those who don't exactly agree with all your nuanced opinions about politics and culture and and all that's going on in current events. Um, That's why it's so important to make sure that when you're leading in the church, you're leading with the principles that come from Scripture. Sure, we have opinions on all these other things, and it's not even wrong that other people might know our opinions, but what they need to know is that we're using our authority and our influence as leaders in the church to to pass on and reinforce the the principles of scripture. Uh, the 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 Word of God is how Christ shepherds his church, which means as under shepherds, the Word of God is what we need to use as we're seeking to influence others, which that's what leadership is. It's influencing others, and in the church, it's influencing others 
for their spiritual good and God's glory. And specifically, the way that leadership uh, plays itself out uh, in Scripture is it uh, uh, talking about specifically the elders um, in First Timothy chapter three. Um, so, what what does it look like for us to have elders in the church? Why elders? And you had even mentioned last uh, last week in, in the sermon talking about elder uh, rule church. So maybe speak to that a little bit. Yeah, we, we talked about that a little bit last Sunday with our people because of all that's going on in our culture with potential lockdowns and things like that. So we were just explaining to our people, uh, reminding them that based on our convictions from Scripture, we're an elder-ruled church. That means the Lord has gifted men for the office of elder, and the men who hold that office of elders, uh, of, of an elder, uh, the elders, they are the ones who lead the church. They are the ones who possess the delegated authority of Christ over the church. Uh, in our context, we believe from Scripture, um, it's our conviction that the civil authority does not have the uh, authority from God to shut down the means of grace and to shut down uh, the corporate worship of the church. Uh, civil authority can advise to that and request that, and elders can use wisdom to make those decisions, uh, but uh, we we believe that that is something that the Lord has delegated, an authority that the Lord has delegated to the elders of the church. But that's just one example of what an elder-ruled church looks like, um, and it's at its core is just this idea that the Lord has delegated the authority of the church over to the elders, so we don't have a group of committees that are making decisions. Uh, we don't. We don't uh, take a congregational uh, vote uh, on any issue. That being said, we talk about this all the time. We're an elder-ruled church that is very congregationally involved. We before we made that announcement last Sunday to the church, we we all had conversations not only with one another but with key individuals in the congregation. And especially those who might have struggled with some of those things, talking through these issues with them in advance. And so uh, that's really the wisest way to try to implement an elder-ruled church polity is with the the, um, involvement and the wisdom of the congregation as, as a major part in how the body life of the church moves forward. I mean, that's what part of what leadership is. If you lead and nobody follows, you know what happened? You're not leading anymore. You're just going. Right. And that, I mean, that term ruled, it, it's, it's important for you to understand, for, for us to understand that when you say all those things about influence, when you say all those things about, as we'll get into a little bit, the qualifications for leadership, uh, you can't lord it over and if you do, then that rule then becomes corrupt. So you're not doing it the way God intended. And so when we say elder rule, we're not saying that because we have all the authority and we make all the decisions. Actually, if you're an elder here, you know that your decisions and preferences are probably going to be the last ones right. to be fulfilled, right? So we're trying to serve the, the folks uh, and serve God's people um, with humility and uh, with, with that influence. And with God's word, like you said, uh, the the moment we leave behind the scriptures, we leave behind our um, our God given authority, our legitimate authority. So, so our position as elders is that um, uh, some of the things that are happening in our country right now 
represent an illegitimate use of authority on the part of the civil government. The civil government is stepping in to exercise authority in areas that God has delegated those decisions to the elders. That's the position of our elders here in the church. But what we have to understand is that 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 knife cuts both ways, because if we overstep our bounds, then then we're exercising an illegitimate authority. And and as leaders in the church, we have to recognize that the scriptures do say to the congregation to obey your leaders. That's part of the reason why we're not a congregational, congregationally ruled church, because if everybody votes on it, who are the leaders that we're obeying? You know, so um, so that plays into why our church is organized the way it is. But we have to recognize that for us to place an illegitimate and unbiblical burden on a believer's conscience is something that we would have to answer to the Lord for, which is why even in talking to our church through these things, and look, we're not making a big deal out of it. We're, 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 we're trying to keep things basically as quiet as possible, although people keep showing up at our church left and right. But we're not making a big deal out of all of these things, and we certainly appreciate civil authority, and we're respectful of of all that. So, you know, we're we're not kind of waving the, our flag and, and doing all these things. But at the same time, as we're explaining this to our people, we as elders also communicated we are not laying it on anyone's conscience that they have to be here if they feel like it's unsafe because of COVID in this pandemic. I mean, we, we recognize this is temporary, so permanently staying away from God's people would be sinful. And we also encouraged anyone who might feel like they need to stay away, uh, which is which which has just been a small, very small percentage of folks with some underlying conditions. Uh, but but if they do stay away, then it's their responsibility to fulfill the duties of a member as best they can. And even to stay in contact with the elders and let us know what you're thinking and what you're doing. Um, but we've not laid it on their conscience that they have to be here because that would assume that we have an authority uh, and an expertise on this virus that I don't think that we have. And even if we did have as elders in that capacity, we don't have the rightful authority to speak to those things. So we've got to be very careful in that. My opinions on the danger or lack thereof, depending on your view of this virus, means very little, means very little. And that's why we're trying to emphasize the biblical principles that go into it and and explain from the Scripture, here's why we're doing what we're doing. If we can obey the government, we're going to obey the government, because Romans 13. If we can't obey the government and obey God, we're not going to. So if we can do things like social distancing and wear masks on Sunday morning, that cost us next to nothing. It's easy to obey the government in those areas, and it potentially protects the church from being shut down with fines that we are simply unable to pay or whatever. So we'll obey where we can, and, and where we can obey, we, we won't obey. Uh, thankfully, it hasn't hasn't really come to a major head for us yet, so we're we're thankful for that. Um, but but the point in all of this is we we've got to root the decisions that we make and the leadership that we exert in the principles of God's word. That's always what biblical leadership does. 
Right, and that's kind of what you're what you're giving us a little insight into, right? So here's here's something that's affecting us as a church. Here's something that affect is affecting us as a country, and now as elders, we still have to do the things that God's commanded us to do, to 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 shepherd God's people, to preach the word, to to be praying for God's people, to be in the midst of discipleship, and that's kind of how leadership functions, right? We have to make decisions based on the truth also living in the midst of a fallen world and that's kind of what you're what you're talking about there yeah absolutely and if we came out and we rooted these decisions in our own opinions and we started quoting you know our our favorite statistic which is what everybody's doing you know um then then we're we're laying the burden of our expertise we're laying these burdens based on our expertise before our people we're we're, we're trying not to do that we're going back to the scriptures and say what's important for us to do as God's people. We have to fulfill the Great Commission. I mean, but I do not want to. Again, there are some who, who, because of health issues and other things, that that need to be much more careful than I do, as as a, a pretty young fellow still in good health. Um, that that's just basically what the data shows. You know, again, I'm not an expert in this, but that's that's what everybody agrees on. And so, some people need to be more careful, but. I do not want to stand before the Lord and have to answer for taking 2020 off of fulfilling the Great Commission. I can't do that. And I don't think we as a church can either. We have to be smart. We have to make every good faith effort we can, not only to comply with right civil authority, but also to keep our people safe and also keep our people comfortable. We've got some people who come back and worship with us only because we take some of these precautions. If we didn't, if we just let everybody kind of do whatever they want, um, people would be uncomfortable and they wouldn't come. So we want to love those who have differing opinions on these things. So that, that's what, how we've decided to handle it. Um, but but that being said, all those precautions, we still have to figure out ways to move forward with ministry. And, and if things get way worse and the elders decide, you know what, we need to take a break for the safety of our people, or we've got a little, we've got, we've got we're we're sharing in the love of Christ and we're sharing in germs with one another in the church, and we got to take a little break. Um, look, we're going to be making decisions that that are rooted in biblical principles and the desire to live out those principles. And uh, I bring all that up. This is supposed to be a podcast on leadership, not, not COVID. But I bring all that up just as an illustration. I think a lot of churches and a lot of leadership teams and elder teams have gotten in trouble because rather than rooting their decisions and communicate communication with God's people in biblical principles, they've been they've been rooting these things in the latest kind of headline story, the latest statistic, the latest whatever, and um, that's just going to breed disunity in the congregation because nobody agrees on all this. Nobody agrees. I don't agree with myself on all this. Yesterday, yesterday I listened to one guy talk about it, and I was like, oh, okay, I got this opinion. Today, I listened to another guy on it, and I'm like, oh, I don't agree with myself from yesterday on that. You know, nobody's going to agree on those things. So, so in our kind of uh, risk evaluation as elders, we've just had to come back, what are the principles of Scripture? And, and one of the principles that we've come to is the Great Commission has to move forward. I mean, we're Lord willing, on Sunday, we're going to baptize an individual who came to know the Lord in the middle of this pandemic. And and uh, one, if we're not continuing to serve, she's all alone right now. And and so that that would not be good. 
Additionally, she she's a new believer in Christ Jesus with with fruit to demonstrate the reality of her faith in her life. I'm not going to withhold the means of grace from her, either in corporate worship or in baptism. And um, so these are things that, that we have to be smart. We have to be safe. Uh, we have to be patient with one another in all these things. But but all of it is to try to figure out how do we move ministry forward. And, and that's comes back to this principle of servant leadership. We're, as elders, doing everything that we can not to make decisions based on how will it come back on us, how will this look, what will our liability be. Um, we're trying to prioritize the needs of our congregation and and the commands of Christ. And that's that's the heart of Christian leadership, prioritizing the commands of Christ and the needs of those under your care. Now we're not doing that. I'm not saying we're doing that perfectly. We're not we're not perfect in these things. But those are the principles that we're trying to model and uphold as we navigate these really difficult waters. And even as we look at other churches that might do things slightly different, if they're trying to uphold those same principles, I don't care if they do things differently because these are tough decisions that we've had to make. And um, so all of this, again, it's not so much about this issue and how our church is handling this issue. It's about some of the core principles of Christian leadership, prioritizing the principles of Scripture and prioritizing the needs of those under your influence. And I think that's helpful. I mean, that's helpful to think like that because, you know, what I really hear you saying is, here's how I'm trying to exhibit faith, right? Because here's a circumstance and here's an issue that we have to deal with as leaders. And and. Listen, if we don't have faith and we can't obey the Lord and we can't lead like that, then our people aren't going to be able to do that either, those who are following us, right? And so you said, if we're not leading, then if we're not, nobody's following, then we're not really leading, right? And so if we want to be faithful in leadership, we have to exhibit faith. And as elders, we're required to do that. We're required to be faithful under shepherds. Um, so I know I think that's helpful to, to hear your mind and hear how you've thought through and how we as elders have thought through difficult decisions, because uh, really that is, that's what, that's what's the mechanics almost behind our decision making. Yeah. I mean, back in, what was it, March, when we had to make the decision to, to uh, suspend Lord's Day worship, you know, whether this was all new, we didn't know what was going on. We were asked by the government to do this. Well, it was a little bit less gentle than an ask. However, we complied for a lot of good reasons. It was the right thing to do at the time uh, because we didn't know what this was and, and all those things. It was the right right decision at the time, but it was a decision that had to be made in faith. I mean, you're, you're shutting things down, and especially as a, as a young church, a recent church plant, um, <laughs> you're shutting things down and you're just hoping there's something when you come back. And what is that hope? It's faith. Trust the Lord. You know what? The Lord's not going to, uh, he, he's not going to fail us. And he builds his church. It's his church, not mine. I can't tell you how many times I had to say that to myself when I was sitting at home on Sunday mornings after recording a video sermon on Saturday afternoon or Saturday morning. Um, this is, this is, I just remember a lot of Sunday mornings thinking this stinks, but then having to even confront my own heart and repent of my own pride and selfishness to say, look, the church is the Lord's church. And and by the way, he was doing his work while I was sitting there doing nothing. 
because uh, you know you record those things. You're just sitting there on Sunday, and normally Sunday is the busiest day of the week, and you're just like, what do I do? And you read, you pray, you meet with your family, you watch the sermon video, which when you were the one who record, like when it's a recording of you, it's miserable watching it. Uh, but, but then we had to make that decision in faith. And then when it came to resuming Lord's Day worship, we had to make that decision in faith as well. There were a lot of churches. We were one of the very first in our area to say we're, we're back. And, you know, we, we were social distance at first because of building space. We had to offer multiple services, smaller services. We're doing all these things, you know, to accommodate folks. But people came out of the woodwork and people were watching these videos that we were producing. Yeah, we were the first ones back, but not by choice. It wasn't like, hey, nobody else is open. Let's open. It was just like, well, here's what we're going to do because we think this is best. And then we find out, hey, nobody else is doing this. Like, well, should we be shut down? Should we go home? Yeah. And, and, and again, there's another decision of faith we have to make because we were out there. Absolutely. We were out there. I remember we had some conversations of right now we're – we're the first church to open our doors back up to in-person service in our immediate area. And if we're the, if, if we have an outbreak in our congregation, it's going to be on the news. And it was just like, okay, well then, then it'll be on the news and that'll be fine. But the Lord was kind to us and protected us in that. And, and, and our deacons did a great job of making it as safe as possible for us to be able to meet and the Lord used that as a grace to protect us and bless us. And and the 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 thing that's amazing, you 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 lead in faith, you follow in faith, you walk in faith, and we're seeing the Lord bless that. We've got folks, you know, coming to our church, um, exposed to the scriptures who have never been exposed to the scriptures before. Uh, we have we have people being baptized um, on on. Well, we're recording this ahead. I just, I just realized we're recording this before people are being baptized. When people listen to it, they will have already been baptized, Lord willing. But, um, uh, but it takes me a while to catch on to some things. But, but the point is, the Lord was doing all of that, and so when we were like, "Man, what is going to happen with this? What, what, what's going to happen with it? Uh, with the close? What's going to happen with the reopen?" The Lord's been blessing and all that, and. And it's been a reminder to me that faithful leadership has to lead based on conviction, not pragmatics. I have to lead based on what I believe God's word says, not what I think will happen. Because I can't control what will happen. I can only control whether I'm faithful or not. And and that's it. That's what we're evaluated on as leaders, faithfulness. Was I faithful? Not what I feel. It's what I know. It's what I know from truth because, man, I feel all kinds of weird stuff because, man, this is going on over here. This is going on over here. We're tempted towards fear. We're tempted towards anxiety. We're tempted towards anger. Yep. You know, and so so we're just trying to operate by what we know. We know we need to be faithful. We know we have commands from the Lord, and that's how we're trying to think through it. So Yeah, and, and, and whatever leadership opportunities the Lord gives you, whether that's as an elder, a dad, a husband, a mom, a discipler, uh, an evangelist, uh, supervisor at work, wh- whatever it might be, uh, the the more that you can exhibit a patience in the Lord, a waiting on the Lord as you lead, it's going to really help those under your influence. Because all of our hearts are tempted to be frantic by our circumstances. A- and we all tend to be like the disciples 
in the boat, storm rises, and they go nuts. They, they are distraught. They wake Jesus up from his nap. And do you not even care about us? He came into this world to die for them. And they accuse him of not even caring about him. But all throughout that, all throughout that whole incident, there is an even-keeled spiritual maturity to Christ to where, one, he was sleeping. That's a good nap, by the way. Uh, two, when he wakes up, even then, you don't see him lashing out or, or overreacting. He just calls out their lack of faith for what it is and then turns and calms the sea. And in his leadership, he brings calm to the situation, whether it's in their heart or in the circumstances. For us, as merely human leaders, we can't necessarily bring calm to the circumstances. I can't calm the seas. But through our exemplary faith, we can bring a certain level of spiritual calmness to those whom we're leading that will benefit them and and help them to follow the Lord in the midst of a very stressful season of life. Yeah, and just to be clear too, I mean— as leaders, we recognize we don't have a corner on truth. We don't we don't know all things. Uh, we just have what God's given us, and we're just trying to be faithful with that. And in the midst of that, maybe you could talk to a little bit. You know, the Lord's humbled us in all this. I mean, in every one of those circumstances where the Lord's been faithful and blessed, like you're saying. It's not because of something. We were just faithful, right? We just tried to be faithful. We didn't even know if we were doing what we should have done. We were just trying to be faithful. And and the Lord blessed in that. But, man, that's humbling, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's so humbling to just think about how how the Lord would allow us to be used in this way, to see how he's blessing. It, it should humble us. Yeah. I mean, there, there's—I <laughs> hope we've been faithful. The Lord will be the final judge of that. Uh, but that's what we've sought to be is is faithful. But a, a couple I of, did say try to be faithful. Right. <laughs> uh, a, a couple of reminders of of how the Lord's humbling us is just one. We make these decisions and it's like, man, the Lord's really blessing. But you also in the back of your mind, you recognize our circumstances could change tomorrow. You know, we could have uh, you know, people get sick in the church or whatever, and, and all of a sudden the circumstances change. So, so that's humbling. You don't look at it and say, man, we conquered this thing because of our leadership. You just look and say, the Lord's brought us this far, and now i got to trust him to keep holding on to us. Yeah, because the moment you say that, the Lord has very faithful, too humble. <laughs> right, right. So, um, so that's, that's humbling to know I don't control this moving forward. Um, I can only praise the Lord for what he's already done and trust that he'll continue to do exactly what we need to do. Here's another specific humbling circumstance that we saw is that when we had to shut down, I mean, we had, uh, if, if you went through our membership list, over 30% of our congregation was almost immediately out of work back in the spring. We shut down and um, we had no, uh, <laughs> we, we didn't have a strong uh, um digital ministry, if you will. So not a lot of live stream options, zero to be exact. And we we had no way to collect offerings from people other than in person. And we were scrambling to try to figure all this stuff out. And we had people out of work who needed benevolence. And, and so all of these things are happening. And I think in the first month of lockdown in the spring, uh, we had a $5,000 shortfall. We're $5,000 short to meet expenses. 
And we were saying, boy, there's only so long you can do that. And out of nowhere from our perspective, but in God's perfect providential plan, a pastor from a sister church of ours in St. Louis, Missouri, contacted me and said, hey, we don't have anybody out of work. How are you guys doing? This hasn't affected our budget at all. How are you guys doing? And I said, well, you can pray for us. We've got, uh, you know, we've got a third of our congregation who's not collecting a paycheck right now. And we were in our first, you know, four or five weeks of this, we're $5,000 short like that. And he got back to me and said, hey, I talked to all of my elders. We're going to send you guys a gift of $5,000 to make up for that. And if you need more down the road, let us know. And I mean, that was just the Lord providing through through this church. And uh, and the Lord used that. We, we, we were able to use that money. Uh, to to make sure that that all of our people were taken care of, all of a sudden people start getting back on their feet. There's a stimulus uh, comes out. Everybody got their Trump bucks, and there were a number of people in our congregation that just wrote every dime of that over to the church and said, "Use this for whatever it needs to be." We told the people, "Look, there's a heavy benevolence need more than we've ever had." People gave abundantly to that. So that we were able to uh, meet the needs of all the saints who were out of work until they were able to get back to work, at least help them along the way. And and in all of those things, it was just very humbling because it wasn't some big plan that we came up with. We were basically just saying, we don't know how we're going to do this. And then the Lord provided in all these practical ways. Um, And that's, that's what the Lord's faithfulness is what motivates us to keep moving in faith. Yeah, agreed. And, you know, it doesn't, not all the time does it happen like that. You know, sometimes we have to face difficulties. Um, but, you know, when the Lord's kind like this, it keeps us keeps us so thankful and, and it, it breeds that humility. I mean, there's nothing in us that would have decided to do those things and would have decided to ask for money. We didn't. No, it was just, yeah. it was, you know, it was given to us. So, um just just so so cool to see how the Lord works sometimes. Yeah, and if those funds had not come in, the Lord would have been just as faithful. Yep, 100%. I'm thankful that he chose to be faithful in this way, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. Well, uh, we started out to talk about leadership, and we didn't really get there. So uh, the good news is we'll have more opportunities to get together, bro, and talk. So, uh, But it is good to think about how you know these decisions get made and, and, and what that looks like uh, from you, bro. So I appreciate the time and uh, look forward to our next time together. Thanks, Jared. 